those of you who are returning students, I've seen so many of you on campus this week connecting with new students. Um, we've all been there, been that new student on campus, and IU has like a couple people who go to school over there, so it's kind of overwhelming. When you come here and you don't really know many people, and your first few weeks of your freshman year are so critical to find a community, to find a place where you really feel like you belong, a place where you can have some relationships that give you life. And so I've seen some of you with crew, I've seen some of you with our own organization, other churches, campus ministries, getting out there and just building those friendships, making those connections. And so thank you for doing that. I know that it takes your time and it would be really nice to just chill and catch up with all the people you already know. But it's so, it just means so much. It shows um, the welcoming nature of Christ when you go out and welcome others. So thanks for making a priority of that. And I hope that this will be a place where you can continue that to welcome new people here, to just reach out, make them feel at home and welcome. And uh, as we have dinner later, which these guys are firing up the grill right now, make sure you thank them, tossing some burgers and some barbecue chicken on there. I'm pretty psyched. Uh, yeah, if you see someone who's kind of just hanging out solo, make sure you invite them over. Say hello. So, man, a new year already. This is a big time. Uh, some of you, this is your senior year, and you're thinking about what's next after you graduate. Some of you, this is the start of a brand new season, coming to college. And so there are big questions before you, like, who are you going to be in this new place? Um, who am I, as Derek Zoolander once asked himself. <laughs> Had to get a Zoolander reference in there. And so there are these questions. Who, who am I going to be here? What am I going to value? How am I going to choose to live my life? And so I'm going to talk about some of those questions tonight because it's really important you think about those questions up front. Even though this is a really busy time and you have tons of things going on because it's really easy to kind of get to the end of the year and say, oh, well, that happened. Um, I didn't quite end up where I wanted to be. I didn't grow in the ways I wanted to grow. I didn't accomplish the things I had hoped that I would. And so there's a quote that really cracks me up. A uh, famous singer, she said, when I was growing up, I knew I always wanted to be someone, and now I realize I should have been more specific. Um, so you don't want to get to the end of the year and be like, oh yeah, hmm, this isn't what I'd hoped for. Uh, so I want you to think about the goals you're gonna pursue this year. What are they? What goals are you gonna pursue? That's actually a really difficult question for a lot of people. Research consistently shows that people have a lot more difficult of a time forming goals than they actually do accomplishing the goals once they've set them. Uh, so think about that. What goals do I have for this year? What are you gonna pursue? I imagine that if you're here, one of the goals that you have for yourself is to grow in your faith in Christ. Or maybe you're here because you want to grow in your understanding of who God is. Both of those are great reasons. Maybe you're just kind of exploring some questions of faith. Those are all great reasons to be here. I'm so glad you're here. But tonight I really want to think about the question, what does it mean for us to grow in our faith? What is growing in our faith all about? What does it mean to grow in Christ? And how are we going to accomplish that as we pursue God this year? And so I want to give you a few thoughts from scripture, we're going to be in the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 3. And so why don't I pray for us as we dig into the word. God, thanks for uh, this time that we have tonight. Some time to just set aside for you, God, as we begin this year and think about what you might have us do, um, who you might have called us to be. God, as we begin, it's so important that we 
take the time to reflect and to order our hearts and to set our priorities right, God, so that we get to the end of the year and we see that we've lived in a way that reflects what we know really and truly matters most. And so we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. And I forgot my Bible over here, so I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to go grab it, and then let's open up to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 4 through 16. So if you have your phone, go ahead and pull your phone out. You can follow along. I'm reading from the ESV here tonight. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 16. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee of Israel, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think in this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. And so if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he was a very religious man, doing all that he could to live a moral and righteous life. He had a high standing in the Jewish community. And Paul, he did everything he could according to his own understanding to make himself right with God. But it wasn't until God met him and humbled him with his grace that Paul was able to come into relationship with Jesus Christ and know him as Lord and Savior. And so as we read this passage, we're going to dig into Paul's story a little bit. And I think there are three themes that can really guide us in thinking about the kind of lives that we want to live, the kind of goals that we're going to pursue this year as we follow Christ in faith. So you can keep a, keep a thumb on that passage and keep it open. The first theme I want to share with you is this. The key to the Christian life is continually setting your eyes on Christ. Paul knew that he was saved by God's grace and not by works. He knew that. And his story was evidence that works aren't sufficient. Our best religious efforts and efforts... Uh, to gain God's favor by being moral people can never get us to right standing with him. They can never gain us what we would hope they would. But Paul knew that his efforts, they weren't just neutral, they actually held him back, he says. He calls them a loss because they deceived him into thinking, surely there's something I can do. If I can just be a little bit better, then I can earn my way to God. He says that was a loss. It held him back. It only hurt him. There was nothing he could do to save himself. So he calls those things he once looked to as meaningful for gaining relationship with God rubbish. Did you see that? He calls them rubbish. 
And the Greek word that is translated rubbish here is really strong. It refers to excrement um, or spoiled food. So essentially what Paul is saying is all those things that I try to use to get myself to God by my own works, by my own morality, by my best religious efforts on my best day, they were a load of crap. That's what Paul's saying. That's a, that's a direct translation. Excrement, wasted, spoiled food. That's crap. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't get him there. There was nothing Paul could ever do to justify himself. And it was only by that divine interruption, God seeking him out while he was a sinner, that he would be able to experience relationship with God. It wasn't even on his radar. Romans 5 eight. you know this verse that Paul says. He sums it up so well. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Paul's story, isn't it? While he was a still a sinner, not desiring God's grace, not looking for a relationship with Jesus Christ, God humbled him. He met him with grace and revealed the truth to him that Jesus was his Savior. And so Paul, he knew that God's grace was the beginning of the Christian life, but he also felt this strong conviction that he could never move beyond it. He couldn't look past God's grace and move on to bigger and better things. Grace was the beginning of Paul's Christian life, not like a starting line in that he started at it and then ran away from it to new places. It was the beginning of Paul's Christian life like a foundation that he had to build his entire life on. All of his life was about faith in Jesus Christ, who by grace gave him a relationship with God. The gospel is the foundation of the entire Christian life. And so we are called to be people who continually, continually, constantly set our eyes to what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's what makes us who we are. Our Christian faith, it never becomes about us. It's not... I'm saved by grace, and then it becomes about what I can do to show that I'm a really good person, and maybe I deserved a little bit of that. You know, I'm a pretty good guy. That's never what our faith becomes about. It's always about trusting Jesus with new parts of our being, keeping Christ's work as the center of our focus. And so the good news, it shapes our understanding of who we are as individuals. It shapes our understanding of who we are and why we matter. People look for answers in a lot of places to those questions in college, don't they? Who am I? We look for a sense of belonging in a lot of places. Uh, we look for a sense of importance in a lot of places. If you're a Christian, you can know that you are a favored child of God, that who you are is who God has made you to be by His grace. What a place to be, a place of strength a place of rest, a place of safety. You can take a deep breath. You don't have to make a name for yourself. Jesus has given you his name. You don't have to show the world that you really matter. You can show the world that God has given you his love and you're living out of thankfulness. You can serve others, you can bless others because he's blessed you. You're defined by Christ's performance on your behalf. If you have a bad day and you really screw up really bad, Nothing about you has changed in God's sight. His love for you is all the same. Your identity in Him is rock solid and unchanging because He has made you who you are, not your works. It'll never be about your works. The second theme I want to share is that the good news of Jesus is big enough for all of your circumstances. And I know that saying all in that sentence really is a game changer because it's on my mind. Man, really, I've been through some tough stuff. 
I've been through some tough things. Is the gospel really enough for all of that? The Bible never says anywhere that Christians will be spared of pain. Let's get that really clear. We are, if you're looking for a health and wealth gospel church, then you have stumbled into a very bad place for your theology. Um, the Bible never says that Christians will be spared of all pain. It never says that we will understand everything that we go through. Though that would be really nice. And sometimes when I'm going through difficult things, I'm like, oh, I see. This is going to come together for my good. Oh, God, I just got kicked down another step. Are you, are you really in control of this? Is your grace really going to be sufficient for me? The good news of Jesus Christ is big enough for all of your circumstances because the gospel is all about God bringing life from death. That's what the gospel is all about. God is in the business of bringing life from death. And so challenging circumstances, Paul says here in this passage, they provide us with the opportunity to experience the resurrection power of God. We can participate in Christ's sufferings and experience fellowship with him that will change us. So no matter how painful the circumstances we may walk through will be, we can know that God isn't absent. He's right there with us in the midst of them. And so this year, you're going to be faced with some challenges. You're going to be faced with things that you feel are overwhelming, things that are bigger than you, fears about the future, difficulties in the present with people. As you think about big questions, you're going to be faced with some real challenges, but know that Christ is with you. Remember this promise, the promise of Jesus Christ. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, as you have, if you have looked to Him to give you an understanding, to give you your identity as a person, you've looked to Him for salvation, you're following Him in faith, you can walk through all of your circumstances knowing that His grace will be sufficient for you. You're not alone. He will back you up. And so the third theme I want to share with you as you think about the life you want to live this year and the goals you want to pursue is this. Make the good news of Jesus your frame for understanding what is possible. Paul, in this passage, leads us to ask the question, what is God not able to do in us and through us by His Spirit? I mean, think about that. If Jesus Christ has made you his own, like Paul says, what is not possible by the resurrection, of, the resurrection power of God that's at work within you? What is God not able to do? If he's able to raise Christ from the dead and he puts his spirit inside you, what is he not able to do in you and through you? Man, the best part about that is I'm not my own. I am in Christ. I am his. It is not up to me to accomplish the work that God has called me to in the best way possible. We're called to press on in faith, to seek godliness and to serve others in Jesus' name with hope that the same power that raised Christ from the dead will work within us. What hope do we have? So as you strive after Christ this year, as you strive after him, you follow after him hard, whose power are you going to rely on? It's really easy for me to rely on myself because I know what I can deliver. I know what I'm capable of. To say, God, if you don't show up, I'm in big trouble. Man, that takes faith. I'd rather limit myself to the things that I know I can handle. But guys, how much do we miss out on when we choose to make ourselves the focus, when we choose to step out based on what we know we can handle? Man, we are called to so much more than that. We're able to experience so much more than that when we trust in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. 
when we step out in faith saying, God, if you don't show up, man, I am in trouble. But God is with us. So we're called to serve knowing that Jesus Christ is with us in all that we do. Listen to this. Isaiah 40. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is the promise that is ours. So as you follow Christ this year, I want to encourage you to let that truth shape you. Because I know that there are two things that are going to happen at one point or another. The first is that you are going to be darn frustrated and tired of yourself. You're going to be discouraged with your sin, and you're going to get frustrated with your shortcomings. If you don't, I guess I'm the only one who goes through this on a weekly basis. Uh, the second thing that is going to happen to you is you're going to become frustrated and tired of others. There are going to be people who you spend time and energy pouring into their lives, and they're going to be completely disinterested. They're just not even going to acknowledge what you've been trying to do. Uh, some of them may even outright oppose you. But don't look inward for the strength that you need. Don't look inward for the hope to press on. Ask God to provide you with what you need to press on in faith, to serve Him, to become more like Him, because He's able to deliver far more than we can ever ask and imagine. And so that's our hope. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Look to Him to renew your strength. Those three themes. The key to the Christian life is continually setting your eyes on Christ. The good news of Jesus is big enough for all of your circumstances. And make the good news your frame for understanding what is possible. That's what Paul is talking about in this passage. So how will those gospel themes impact the way that you choose to live this year? How will you choose to live? To what goals are you going to commit yourself? How are you going to live and view your circumstances? How are you going to live in the midst of those circumstances? You may have noticed in that passage, Paul talks about one ultimate goal that is the ultimate goal of our Christian faith, and that is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ, guys, is what it is all about. To know Christ is the foundation of all that we do. What is knowing Christ about? It's about experiencing the depth of God's grace as we live by faith in the midst of the challenges that we go through. Knowing Christ is about holding on to the promise of the hope that we have in Jesus, no matter the pain or difficulty of what's before us. It's about knowing that we are defined by Christ's performance on our behalf and not our performance for Christ. It's about leaning on Him to sustain us when the temptations around us seem more than we can bear. That's what knowing Christ is about. It's about living in thankfulness. It's about offering what we have to God because he's blessed us so richly. Because of the blessing we've received, we can reach out and bless others as we share Jesus' name, as we love them unconditionally with the same love that we've been given. And so what Paul is talking about here is that every area of our life, every area of our lives is our spiritual life. Every area of life is a place where you can grow deeper in your knowledge and experience of Christ. So as we begin this year, this new beginning, think about that. How are you going to grow in Christ? What goals are you going to commit yourself to in any area of life? How are you going to seek to know Him? How are you going to seek to make Him known? This all sounds really exciting and positive, and it is in so many ways, but I think we need to acknowledge the word Paul uses there when he talks about pursuing Christ. He uses the word straining. 
And straining is, it's absolutely uncomfortable by definition. There's no such thing as comfortably straining. Following Christ won't be easy, and so we shouldn't expect it to be. But we can know that the knowledge that we'll gain of Christ and the fellowship we'll experience with Him is so much better than any momentary comfort that we can experience. Knowledge of Christ is eternal. It's a blessing that we take with us forever. So what's this year going to be about for you? I want to encourage you right now um, to think about some goals, to pray about some goals. I'm going to hand out some note cards. I know this is super old school, but I want you to have something physical to take with you. And if you would like, you can go over, uh, during this last song, there are some pencils on the Welcome Center. And if you want, you can write down some goals on your card right now. Or you can take it with you and write down some goals when you get home later. But I think it's important that we write down some goals about how we're going to pursue knowledge of Christ in our lives this year. And so write down some goals. I want you to pray about them. Pray about them and commit them to God. If you want to talk about somebody with me about your goals, I would love to chat with you. Uh, our ministry team members would love to chat with you. If we don't get a chance to chat tonight, every Monday after uh, I preach here at Connection, I hang out in the IMU Starbucks from 1 to 3. Preferably a table outside if I can get one that's open. Um, love to chat with you then. Or you can send me an email when we'll meet up. Why don't we go ahead and pray. Uh, pray together now and the band's going to come forward and close us with a song of worship. God, I thank you for these students. I thank you for this year and the opportunity that's before us. Uh, God, I thank you that the gospel is what defines us, that we are people who are free in Christ. Um, we're people who can live with great purpose because of what you've done for us. We're people of hope. Um, no matter what circumstances we walk through, we know that you go before us, that your grace will be sufficient for us. So I pray tonight that you would just um, speak to each of our hearts as we think about how you've called us to live here in Bloomington, the places that you put us, whether that's um, with a campus ministry, whether that's a hall in our dorm, um, the school we're studying in, people in a music group, people on a sports team, a club God. Um, help us to think about what goals we might have that we might grow in our knowledge of Christ and that we might help other people to know Christ in those places. And so, God, as we sing this last song, I just pray that it would be our response of worship to you, that we would know that you're enough for us, God, that we would know the depth of your blessing, that we might go out and bless others in Jesus' name.